another episode of Live Planted. I'm your host, Alyssa. If you're new around here, Live Planted is all about living a practical, vegan, sustainable, and zero-waste lifestyle. There is no one right way to do it, and we have new episodes every single Tuesday, although we have had a few weeks off, which you will hear about in today's episode. So thank you guys for coming back and listening. Thank you guys for all your messages when we had the past few weeks off. Every single one of you that messaged me and said, I miss the podcast, it's my Tuesday ritual, I want to listen. Someone even told me they missed my voice, which is so kind and sweet. And all of those messages I really appreciate, especially because I wasn't here because I was sick. So every single time that you guys were telling me you missed hearing the podcast, I wanted to be there, I wanted to be recording, it just wasn't possible, and I appreciated you guys saying, take your time, come back when you need to, I will be here waiting. So thank you. It's actually been so long since I recorded, I had to go back and listen to how I start my intro, which is so crazy because I've been doing this for over three years, I believe, and I've never had to go back and listen to my intro. I don't even think I did it correctly today. We'll see. I don't know how long today's episode is gonna be. I just wanted to get back in the swing of things. It feels so good to be sitting here at my desk, talking into my microphone, connecting with you guys. Also, the entire time I was gone, there were so many different things to celebrate. The podcast hit 1 million downloads, which <laughs> in my schedule, before I knew that I was going to be so sick, I was making this a huge celebration. This is a goal that I've wanted to accomplish for quite a while now. And while I was sick, I saw that million number come and I saw us continue adding up the downloads and we are way past a million now. That is so, so exciting. And I never got to celebrate with you guys. So maybe we'll do like a million and a half download celebration when that comes up. The other thing I quickly wanted to mention is if you ordered from me on Etsy, I am completely behind on orders. I sincerely, sincerely apologize. Every order is gonna get shipped out this week and you will have extra stuff in your packages. My apologies that the orders are late. That is not how I like to conduct things around here. I like to get your orders out within a day or two when you order. So I am so sorry if you are waiting on an order for me. I am just catching up. I have 7,000 emails to catch up on. I mean, I was down for the count. I wasn't even checking email. I was doing nothing. I was sleeping, napping, sprinting to the bathroom to get sick. So I am so sorry if your Etsy order is late. It will be out this week. If you don't know, I posted on Instagram where I've been this whole time. If not, the big reveal, the big project that I've been working on that I told you guys was taking all of my time and permitted me from posting on the podcast, from posting on Instagram, is that I am having a baby. So I have been so, so sick, like beyond sick. I knew that people got sick. I did so much research before getting pregnant. That's just the type of person I am. If you listen to the podcast, you know that. And I did not understand this level of sickness. For almost 10 weeks, I have been beyond sick. And I just wanted to talk about that and mention that. So many people talk about what a miracle and what a gift 
and what a beautiful, magical thing pregnancy is. And while I agree with all of those things, you cannot deny that. There is another side of it where you're just out here trying to survive. There was times I was trying to survive through the next 30 minutes. Like it got that bad that I was like, please help me make it through the next 30 minutes. If I can get there, I can go another 30 minutes. Like (laughs) it was crazy. So there was no way I could be talking to you guys, interviewing guests. And again, I like to do so much research. I didn't want to do a half job on anything. I didn't want to even do a one sixteenth job that I would have even been able to do. There was days that I wasn't even sitting up because as soon as I would sit up, I would get sick. There was no way that I was coming in and talking on my microphone and editing a podcast for you guys. Even though I wanted to do it, I wanted to be there. It's now fun sitting on the couch for weeks on end. And I'm so happy, so happy to be back. You have no idea. Another reason I wasn't posting beyond not being able to really like sit up and stand and talk and walk around some days, like if I was talking, that was too much energy for me on certain days, was that I could not, absolutely could not, and I'm still having a little bit of issues with looking at food photos. So every time I would log into Instagram, obviously we talk about veganism, I'm interested in what other people are eating and what's going on in the food world. I'm flooded with food photos. So the first time I tried to log in when I was still feeling really sick, I saw someone sauteing onions and I was like, that's it. (laughs) It's over for me. I was not really craving food. I was actually on the opposite end where I had food aversions like crazy. Like everything was disgusting to me. I couldn't smell things. I still can't really look in my refrigerator. Something about my refrigerator and the smells in my refrigerator, they just make me want to like like creepy crawlies on my spine. It's so bad. I could not go onto Instagram. I could not be engaging and taking photos and telling you guys like, here's what I'm eating. Here's what I'm cooking. Here's what's going on in my life like I normally would be because I was eating frozen waffles every day because that's the only thing that sounded good for a while. All right, now that we got all that sickness stuff out of the way, I just wanted to talk about what's been going on with me, get you guys updated a little, answer some questions that I got, and then tell you about vegan pregnancy and how it's been going for me because I think there's a lot of questions around that. I know like vegan moms, vegan pregnancy, vegan kids is a big deal in the vegan world because it's one thing when you're doing it for your when you're making decisions for your own body. It's another thing when you're making decisions, when you're growing a human, when you're raising a human, when you're sending someone off and having them prepared for the world. What values, what food, what things are you giving them to go forth in the world? So, so far in my pregnancy, I am in my second trimester. I am on the fourth month of pregnancy right now. Why I'm recording this while you're hearing this, if you're listening in real time, being vegan has been no issue at all. I did not suspect it to be an issue. I did not think that it was gonna be an issue for me, that I was gonna be craving different things. I didn't have any inkling that that would be something I wanted to do because for me, being vegan is really about the ethical issue about the animals. It's not about 
me, my body, my diet, my health. That is just an amazing, amazing side effect that also helps me stay vegan for life. And I feel fully confident in the health aspects of veganism. It can sustain me, it can sustain my baby, and I know enough about it that I am fully comfortable going into this on this sort of quote diet or lifestyle as I like to call it because I am fully comfortable with the nutrition and the health behind it and how good it is for your body. But the core of it for me, for my personal beliefs, is the animals. I don't want to harm anybody, especially now that I'm going to become a mother. Dairy is such a huge issue because cows can only produce milk when they become mothers, when they are producing milk for their babies right after they birth. They produce milk just as we humans do. So it's the same exact process. They get pregnant, they have a baby, their milk comes in, and then we take the milk. So that is so precious. That is something that I want to share with my baby. I would never want to participate because for me, ethically, I just don't believe in it. I wouldn't want to do that to another mother. So being pregnant and being vegan has been no issue at all. There's been no change to my lifestyle. There has been no sort of like internal battles, like there was something I wanted or was craving. And there's vegan prenatals, which I'll talk about in the questions section. Now, being zero waste, on the other hand, has been very, very challenging. And again, that's something I wanted to be open and honest about because it's something we hold ourselves to a really high standard. Like I've taken this on. I know what's happening in the world with single-use products. I understand what the effect is when I'm using plastic silverware, when I'm using single-use packages of snacks or whatever it is. I don't want to participate in that. I've taken that on. It's sort of my ethos, my ethics, whatever it may be. And then when something comes up like this, where I was so sick, like I can't I know I talked about it, but I can't even describe what was going on. That going to the store and finding options in bulk and creating your own bread or whatever it is that I normally have no issue doing and don't really see as any sort of sacrifice in my life was absolutely not possible. I mean, I wasn't grocery shopping for myself. I wasn't cooking for myself. I was barely struggling to move from my bed to my couch most days in my pajamas. And the only foods that were sustaining me were some frozen waffles, which obviously come in packaging, some popcorn, some rice cakes, very simple food that comes in packaging. And at the very beginning, I was like, should I not eat these things because I can only find them in packaging? And then it becomes a source of you've gotta get calories in. I lost 10 pounds and I think a few more by now while being so sick that my doctor was like, anything that you can get in, you need to be eating. You need to be getting calories in. That's what you need to be doing. And so you have to drop the guilt on something like that. It's just not practical. It's just not possible. And I will circle back and become my old habits of making bread and making all these things for myself and going out of my way to bulk shop and to find things without packaging. That is still part of my life. But I wanted to talk about a struggle that's real because there's so many people who message me all the time that say like, I just moved out, I just moved in with somebody, I just moved back into my parents' house, I live in my parents' house, whatever situation they're in, and they're saying, it's not working for me right now, like, what do I do, how do I drop the guilt, how do I make this work? And it's like, you've gotta find small little ways 
to make this work and drop the guilt about things that you cannot control in the moment. If you don't have anywhere near you that sells bulk ingredients, don't feel bad that you're not buying in bulk. Do something else that makes a difference. And I think that's a worry that people have. Like if I go into pregnancy or if I go into some other stage of my life, and I can't make X, Y, or Z work, whatever aspect of zero waste it is that might not be feasible currently in your current situation, don't feel like you're letting down the earth. Find other ways, go to the park and pick up trash, don't use bottled water, do other things that you can that are within your control. I'm gonna be going back to all of my old ways of zero waste and I'm gonna be taking that forward when I have a child in my life with cloth diapering and all different ways where I can continue to save waste. And this was just a time in my life where I was not able whatsoever to contribute to a zero waste community, to contribute to zero waste ethics. I did my best and it wasn't great. I'll be totally honest, it wasn't great, but I was 100% vegan. That was easy peasy for me. We don't have to box ourselves into such strict regimens and specifications because life is about ebbs and flows and it's gonna continue ebbing and flowing and we don't have to sit around feeling guilty because we're in an ebb right now. So I just wanted to bring that up and talk about what this podcast is all about, the practical point of view, the practical side of it. There's always a way to contribute and there's always a way to make it practical and to not feel guilty about it because carrying around guilt on your back does nothing productive for us. So don't do it. Okay, so pregnancy in general, we are having a baby in April. My husband and I have been together for 12 years. We've been married for seven and a half years. So we are beyond excited to bring someone into this family unit. And it's so interesting to talk about because it's just been us for so, so many years. And we've loved that. We've loved to hang out with each other. Sometimes we have to like separate ourselves from each other and be like, let's like call a friend, do something else. Cause we could just hang out all the time together. And so it's going to be so interesting having three people in our family and not just having two. It's such an interesting dynamic change that we are beyond excited about. We don't know the sex of the baby yet. We will be finding out, which is so funny to me because for years we've said, we'll wait till the end and have this massive surprise on the delivery day and have this experience where you're waiting, 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 and you have this just explosion of happiness when you find out whether you're having a boy or a girl, because in the end, it doesn't really matter. And now that we're here, I'm like, who is this person? I need to know who this person is, who is joining our family. Like, it just feels so vague when it's like, it could be this, it could be that. At least I can narrow something down and not that it really makes a big difference and not that it really tells you anything about the child or the person, but just give me like a clue on what's going on here, which is just, it's just so funny how things change. Another thing that's been a huge change for me is I am a workout person. I am a healthy eater. I mean, someone at work used to call me a salad sister because I just ate so many greens and so many salads and that's just how my body feels best. It's not some sort of like diet or I'm trying to maintain my weight. It's just something, if I eat a ton of greens, my body feels amazing. So I just do it all the time. I work out almost every single day. And now that I'm pregnant, none of those things are happening. 
I tried to work out. I mean, I've been doing a lot of like power walking and stuff, which is just like a low impact workout that I can get in, keep my blood pumping. But I tried to do a workout and it was the weirdest experience of my life. And I am someone who works out almost every single day. I go to a very strenuous boot camp class. Like I do all sorts of things and I consider myself pretty fit. And I went to do a workout and it was just a weird experience. Like I'm so weak and I just don't have energy. I mean, your body's energy is going all towards producing another human. Like, I'm building lungs. I'm building a heart. I'm helping someone's taste buds grow this week. It's really crazy. And so... I thought I would be this completely different person when I was pregnant, and I haven't really been her, and that's okay. And there's plenty of women who feel amazing. I know my aunt has said before, like, if she could be pregnant her whole life, she feels vibrant, and she has so much energy, and she feels beautiful, and there's some women who maintain their regular schedule and eating habits, and they get just a little nauseous for two weeks, whatever it is, and I'm not trying to scare you with what I'm talking about. I just really want to be honest because I feel like I've done so much research and I knew that people got sick and I knew that people felt differently. But when it happened to me, I was like, whoa, what's going on? Why can't I do this workout? Why can I not even look at a piece of spinach without wanting to vomit immediately? So I just want to be honest about it. Okay, let's get into some questions. I didn't want to set up this episode like I normally set up an episode, like very structured and have a whole outline for what I'm talking about because I wanted to just be able to talk freely, but I thought that asking you guys what questions you had would give a little bit of structure to this episode. So let's get into a few quick questions. So at the Drudy family, my friend Brittany, if you don't know her YouTube channel, I will leave it linked below. It's amazing. She asked prenatal vitamin recommendations. So I am taking the Garden of Life organic prenatal multivitamin supplement. So that is the whole food one. They have a couple different ones. Not all of their prenatals are vegan. I'm also taking the Source Naturals B12 and then the Garden of Life Vitamin D just to have a well-rounded supplement. I always take a B12. I always take a Vitamin D. I think it's very, very important to supplement with both of those. A lot of us don't get enough sun, even if you live in a sunny environment. So getting Vitamin D is really, really important. So I will leave everything linked that I talk about today, just so easy access for you guys. At Pepe Petunia said, talking to the grandparents about respecting your vegan lifestyle when babysitting. So that's really interesting because we have been vegan. My husband and I are both vegan. We have been vegan since right after we got married, so seven and a half years. Both sets of grandparents, his parents and my parents, respect what we do and our lifestyle. We've had conversations with them about things like this, but whenever we're at their house, they always have options for us. Both of them eat a lot of fruit and have a lot of vegan snacks on hand anyways that something like that would not be an issue. And I feel like when you send your child places, you usually are always sending a snack in your diaper bag or whatever it is anyways. But we have had conversations like that and nobody is opposed to it. They know that this is what we choose to do and they know that why we chose to do this because we have been vegan for so many years now. I think that, well, A, obviously of this podcast, they know that we're very passionate, that I'm very passionate about this and why it means a lot ethically, specifically, something like that. They're like, this is your thing, whatever it is, I'm going to respect, which is amazing. I know that not everyone's families feel that same way. 
at Martine Valera said, what type of diapers will you use? So we will be using cloth diapers. I feel really strongly about those. I feel like everything that I've read about them, I've done a ton of research on it, is that it's really not that much harder than if you were using disposables. One of the things I really want to be cautious of is obviously waste, but the other thing that is really big for me is the frugality of it. You have to buy them once, and yes, it is a larger upfront cost than if you were just going and purchasing a 12 or 24 or whatever pack of diapers at the store, but you don't have to go back. So many of them now fit from sizes, you know, like a 10 pound to a two-year-old, And so you can use them that whole entire time. If you have another child, you can use them again. They are huge, huge money saving as well as waste. So I feel really confident about it. You're gonna have to be changing diapers. You're gonna have to get your hands dirty either way. So for me, it doesn't really seem like a big deal. So this is interesting. At Brie Kind said, how will you deal with the criticism? Which I think is a really good question to ask and a good point to make. Like I said, we've been vegan for many years and we haven't faced any criticism whatsoever. I'm sure that that'll change when we are talking to people outside of our family, maybe when the child is a little bit older, going to school or going to birthday parties or whatever it is. I'm sure that people are going to be like, why are you doing that? What's going on? And just be inquisitive about it. We are so fortunate to not have faced any criticism. Like I mentioned before, our family know why we do this and they know how long we've been doing it and how healthy we are and it's such an amazing thing to be able to pass on and to you know currently right now I'm housing this baby now that I'm feeling better thank you lord to be able to be back and eating big green salads and to be eating lots of fruit and vegetables and all these things that provide my body with every nutrient that I need. I think because we've been so verbal and we've been so communicative with our family over the years, Now, maybe this would be different if we had been vegan for like a year or two and our family was still sort of unsure and thinking this was more of a diet that we were on. I'm sure there would be a lot more questions of like, is this safe while you're pregnant? Are you going to continue raising your child like this? But now that it's been so many years, I think that everybody knows why we're doing it, knows that it's safe, feels comfortable with what we choose, our health and wellness plan going forward and currently that we really haven't faced any criticism and I am eternally grateful for that, that our family really sees where we're coming from. It makes life a lot easier. So at Journeys of Dean said, how to have a low-waste hospital birth. So I don't actually think this is possible, and I believe that we shouldn't be asking ourselves about low waste in an environment like hospital. It's obviously something on your mind if you are in the low waste world, like how can I make each event, each environment that I'm in a low waste setting? How can I do my best to avoid waste? One of the number one places where waste is important, plastic is important, never thought I'd say that, but is in a medical situation. It keeps you safe, it keeps you protected, it keeps the spread of germs down, and it's very, very important, especially if you are bringing a new life into this world, if you are having a surgery, if you are in any sort of hospital medical situation, be thankful that we have the opportunity to have so many precautions. Everything comes in its own plastic container to keep it sterile, to keep it away from germs. You know, they say even the hospital floor, when you set your bag down on the hospital floor, you are 
picking up so much germs. So I'm really thankful that if you need a shot, if you need an IV, every single thing that you have comes in its own plastic container. They open there right on the spot while they're wearing gloves so that you're not contaminating it with germs just while it's rolling down the cart through the hallway, whatever it may be. So unfortunately, a low-waste hospital experience is not possible, but I do believe that's one place where we have so many single-use plastics in our world that are completely unnecessary. We don't need to have single-use takeout containers and plastic silverware and straws. Those are completely unnecessary. But somewhere in a medical waste situation, it is completely necessary to keep you safe, to keep you protected, like I said before. At Jesse Klingenberg said, what have you been craving? So like I mentioned before, I was mostly having food aversions. Everything sounded bad. Everything smelled bad. The only thing I've craved, I would say, is oranges. There was a couple of weeks there where I was like, I only want to drink orange juice. I only want to eat oranges. I had to have it. Like I sent my husband to the grocery store for oranges and was like, I have one orange left. If I don't have one for tomorrow, it's going to be bad. And I felt like it was helping my stomach at a certain point. And I did read in one of my pregnancy books that citrus is a big craving for a lot of pregnant women, especially at the beginning. So I'm not sure what the nutrients in there are that your body is like yelling out for. But when I tasted that orange juice after I was craving it, I have never tasted anything that good. Like it was unbelievable. I think my taste buds have changed just like momentarily because obviously I've had oranges and orange juice in my life. But when I had that orange juice, I was like, this is a euphoric experience. There was nothing like that orange juice the first sip I had after I'd been craving it for like a couple days. So at Katie Little Page said, how did you cope with the first trimester sickness? It's different for everybody, obviously. Some people just have nausea. Some people are getting sick. I had both. I was so thankful that I do have an office job and they let me work from home because there was absolutely no way I was even standing up most days. If I was in a laying down position, my nausea was still very present and pretty bad, but it was better than if I was sitting up. There was something about the sitting up position that just kicked it up a notch. So I did a lot of laying down. I took a lot of naps. I've never been a nap person in my entire life. And I was taking two and three naps because I couldn't keep my eyes open. So I would have to take a 15 minute nap in the middle of my workday or else I was not going to make it through. The other thing I did was just eating whatever plain foods that sounded okay because I didn't really want to eat. There was a time where I was like, I'd just rather not eat. Everything I eat, I get sick on and taste bad and smells bad. And so whatever foods I was able to stomach, I would just eat. So for a while I was just eating waffles, frozen waffles, and that's not something I would normally ever eat. And I did talk to my doctor about this and she said perfectly, perfectly normal in the first trimester that everything sounds bad, that you don't even, aren't really interested in eating. So whatever it is that you can get in, get it in. Even if it's junk food or whatever it is, just be trying to get calories into your body at that point. There was a few like ginger candies and gum and stuff that helped a little bit, but at a certain point when your nausea is like a level 15 out of 10, little ginger candies and stuff aren't really going to make a difference. So like I said earlier, there was times when I just told myself, if you get through the half hour, then you can start thinking about the half hour after that or whatever little tiny time chunk that seemed like I was able to make it through. I was just using that in my mind, kind of like when you work out and you're like, you can do anything for 10 minutes, you can do anything for 30 seconds. 
Whatever those little mind tricks are, I used a lot of those when I was feeling so sick. Okay, and then the last one I'll answer today because this is getting way longer. I thought this was gonna be like a 10 or 15 minute podcast and obviously I had a lot to say, was from at Katie Littlepage who asked, how did your OBGYN or midwife react when you told them that you are vegan? So that's really interesting and I've heard of people having really bad reactions and I've heard of people having their doctor tell them like they highly advise against it or whatever it is that their doctor's personal beliefs lead them to coach their patients on. I am so thankful that I know my OBGYN. She has dealt with me for many, many years through different medical things, and she has known for a very long time that I'm vegan and fully supports it and says, your body heals extremely fast when you eat an abundance of fruits and vegetables. So she advocates that I continue doing it and continue living like that. And she knows that I get enough calories in and she knows my whole medical history and the lifestyle that I live. And she is fully on board with it, which I, again, am so lucky and so thankful because I know that not everybody has that experience. If you're not having the same experience, I would advise you to bring some literature into your doctor to explain how healthy and easy it is to get your full nutrients, to get enough protein, to get enough of everything you need to have a healthy, happy pregnancy. And if you just can't find a happy medium with your doctor, maybe you can find someone who does understand what you're doing and how healthy and nutrient dense it is and can be. Okay, so that's all the questions we're doing. That's all the podcast time we have for today. This is way longer than I thought it was going to be. Thank you guys for sticking around for coming back. I have no idea what I'm going to title this. Maybe just like I'm having a baby. We'll see. I don't know if there's an episode next week. I don't even know what's going on tomorrow. So I am working it out and hopefully there is an episode next week. I want to get back on track with posting every Tuesday, but I don't want to promise anything to you guys that I can't fulfill because again, if you've listened to the podcast in the past, you know that that's really important to me. And so I just have to find my happy medium going forward, especially because I'm so much more tired now. Thankfully, my eyes are not closing in the middle of the day anymore, but I just have a lot less energy than I used to have. And to create one podcast is hours and hours of work. Just the research that goes in, the research that goes into the behind the scenes on a guest, if I want to interview a guest and scheduling with a guest and talking with a guest and editing everything. I always want to take out pauses and ums and dead space. So you guys don't have to sit through listening to that. You can listen to a clear, precise, information-filled podcast. I'm gonna have to do a ton of editing on this one. I am so out of breath. That's like a pregnancy side effect that I keep talking. And I mean, I'm sure you can hear it when I'm talking, but I keep talking and then I have to take like a moment to take a breath, like take a deep breath to myself. So I'm gonna have to cut all of those out and who knows what it's gonna be like going forward. So I'm gonna work on finding a happy medium. You can obviously hear a lot more and talk to me a lot more on Instagram. I'm gonna be back to posting now that I'm feeling better. There was just a time period where A, I couldn't look on there like I told you before, and B, it was like, I cannot pick up my camera. There is nothing I'm doing in my life that is photo worthy at all. So there was nothing, I just had nothing to say, which is so weird for me because obviously I just talked for over 30 minutes to myself. So it's not like I'm not a talkative person. (laughs) Anyways, thank you guys so much for sticking around and I hope to see you next week. Remember to live planted. Bye guys.